Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. Just by being a part of this, you give evidence of something. Either you're curious in it, or you believe in it, the supernatural. Now, I know some of us, it's, there's some movies, we're like, yeah, that's where you think it's locked into, and only in the movies. We believe it goes further than the movies, further than the books that we read. And I don't know if you think about it much, but we're thinking about it. The supernatural. One of the ways that the supernatural uh, invades our natural, regular life is through miracles. Now I'm really getting into your business on what you think about miracles. Because someone was like, I believe in the supernatural, but I'm not quite sure about the miracles. And those of us who are nerds, I am a self-proclaimed nerd, Okay. I have studied, and many people have studied and studied, when the supernatural invades the natural through the world of miracles, they can be even categorized. Again, that's why I tell you the word categorized just indicates I'm a nerd. So let me show you what we are talking about when it comes to miracles. There's four categories in essence, based on if you read through the Bible full of supernatural moments that, that where God said, I'm going to do something. If you nerd out and you, you put them into boxes, four. Deliverance, that's what we talked about the first weekend. For those of you who are like, that seems intense. It was. And if you missed it, you should catch up. Healing, protection, and provision. So if you're wondering, okay, if he talked about uh, deliverance already, is he going to, yep, let's talk about healing. 
healing is perhaps one of the most common ways that you and I want the supernatural to step in. I have seen people who do not believe in God ask God for the miracle of healing in the moment of bad news from the doctor. I have yet to meet a person who hasn't impacted, isn't impacted in some way by uh, what we would call bad health news, right? Maybe some of you are walking that right now. In fact, show of hands, you know we like to participate. I'm just curious. How many people, by a show of hands, would have a request? In other words, there is something that you would like God to heal. Someone, maybe yourself or someone, and, and you are, have been praying or would like to pray. Just the, just the idea of like, you know what? I need to ask God to heal this person or myself. Any of you already praying that kind of a prayer? Okay. That's what I thought. You see this? I mean, that's almost, almost all of us. It, whether it's for ourselves or someone else desperately can we say is i think desperate is is an appropriate word desperately want the supernatural to do something about our health if you don't know this jesus who walked this earth has multiple moments that have been recorded in history both in the bible and outside of the bible uh, in fact, there's in the Bible uh, about 30, 30 specific moments, 30, where he healed someone. Someone was deaf or blind or, or even dead. And Jesus is like, I, I can step in here. And he healed him. And in fact, other historians even say that, that not all of his miracles are recorded in the Bible. If you ever wonder, like, is that, <clears throat> did, did the Bible, like, document everything? Let's believe that over over a hundred or more miracles of healing Jesus did. Now here's what will get you, and this is frustrating. Can I just show you what frustrates I'm going to show you what frustrates me. And then maybe we'll all be frustrated together. This is, this is Jesus. I tell you the truth. The truth. Like not make believe. Like let me tell you something that's totally, totally true. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. That frustrates me. I know sometimes in church we're like, oh, but he is, and we're pretending, and it's like, yeah, and I hope so. Let's have full, like, honesty. Many of us wrestle with this. Your pastor wrestles with this. Do the same works I've done, and even greater works. Oh, now it's just really, like, blowing up. Because I'm going to be with the Father. According to Jesus, what he did should not compare to what's going on these days. Do we just need a moment with that? I would contend this. It's not because God doesn't want to show up. And we're going to talk about it. If you don't know what a miracle is, I thought I would provide the definition again. We, we talked about it the, the, the first weekend, but I thought, well, let's go after it. Here's, here's what a miracle is. A miracle is when God intervenes. Just like you showed with your hands, many of us are asking God to intervene even so specific as health, healing. I have seen God heal people. Maybe you have too. I hope that you have. 
I, I remember almost 12 years ago where my mom and dad were at the hospital. My mom was having what appeared to be what they thought was a routine procedure. You've heard this before. You've heard a story like this before. What I'm even telling you. There's a delay. There's a delay. There's a delay. It's like, why can't we go home? The doctor comes in, has a serious face. Says, you got cancer. I can give you the stats on the cancer. I, I talked with my mom and she gave me this. Uh, here, just so you know, it's from my mom, so do not question this. She was told the kind of cancer she had. One to two people out of two million people get it. That's not what you want to hear. She was told that she would have approximately a 50% survival rate. And that if she did survive, it'll probably come back. So when the doctor tells you that, you go home and you're like, what do I do with this? And yeah, we began praying praying and praying. And I asked my mom, I said, Mom, uh, would you classify what God did with you as a miracle? And I hardly said it. And she responded saying, yeah, oh yeah. My mom even had to go in for a scan this past week. She has no cancer. And I would tell you this. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. She would love to take the whole time with us today and tell you all of the different miracles she experienced. Because there's not just one. She'll tell you, oh, and we'll even talk about in the series how God provided for them financially through all of the treatment. She had to do radiation, and it's stereotypical that when you have radiation, you, you get burns. The nurses and the doctors didn't understand at all why after multiple radiation treatments, she didn't have any burns. And she was just able to look at him and be like, you got to meet this guy, I know. My mom will tell you, and I'll tell you, she was healed in multiple ways. Uh, there's another story. Uh, she became a friend of mine. She's a fountain springer. I remember one day she came up to me and in a tearful way told me she had cancer and it didn't look good. Prayed with her. And then she began what we call the battle, right? The battle against cancer. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. And there were moments that seemed like this is kind of looking good. And the moments it didn't. And I remember, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when she approached me. And she had a different look on her face. And it was a good one. She's like, so guess what? And I was like, what? She told me the doctors were bewildered. No one understood what was going on, but it appears somehow, mysteriously, her cancer was gone. In fact, we've even told the story that you might know as Lisa. When God just flat out healed her. But I'll also never forget, as time passed, when she came back to me and she said, I have cancer again. And God chose not to heal her again. And if you have emotions like I have emotions, you and I are led down a journey with God that we need to talk about right now. Because you might believe right now God can. I imagine you might. 
Again, by the show of hands, like, hey, who's praying for a miracle? If you're raising your hand, mostly you're probably locking on to, well, I'm praying because I believe God can. But then we all have our stories, don't we? When it appears that, that God takes someone who doesn't seem to deserve like they should be taken, and then we are face on dealing with a tension that I wanted to even put in front of you. When God can. But he doesn't. I don't know if you're willing to have this conversation. I am, and so we're going to. When God can, when God has the power, the authority, when the almighty God can. But he doesn't. Does that not lead most of us, if you are open enough to say, that it leads you down the path of, is God good? Does God care about me? Does God truly love me if he can, but he doesn't? See, this is, can you feel it? Can you feel just the tension amongst us? We're going, how did he know? Because I've had these thoughts too. We all have. We've all wrestled with this. And we've wanted God to show up in a supernatural way. We knew he had the power to do it, and he didn't. And so I'm about to, I'm about to, but i got to preface this. I'm about to, I'm about to share with you something that is so elementary. It is so, you're going to say, well, I knew that. But it's critical. It's critical that you and I don't just say, well, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. we got to lean into it. Here's the truth when it comes to the miracle of healing. God does heal. But he doesn't heal everyone every time. I know you know this. I know that. I know that. I didn't spend my whole week coming up with just like, hey, that's just, no, no. I know this. And you know this. We have our own stories. What I want to do is to help you have a little bit more framework, more muscle behind the fact that you believe this. So I wanted to give you some stories that you are not alone. <laughs> and we've got to deal with some insecurities we have. Here's, let me show you just one of the many stories in the Bible. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. If you're, if you're looking for names, I mean, we're just going to go through some awesome ones. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of uh, Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus? Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. <laughs> the only reason I'm showing you that is for this word, sick. What you need to know is this. These were not bad people. These were not unbelieving people. These were not people who were like, oh, I just want to show you that someone was sick and God knew they were sick. And based on what we understand about these people who actually believe in God, they prayed that that sickness would go away. But I just want you to know it didn't. The writers, Paul, uh, if, if you're not catching on, Paul's like, hey, um, you're sick. I, you're, you're staying behind. I'm going. If you don't know who Paul is, one of the major leaders of all time in, in the books of Christianity, he helped get church after church. He's the reason we're even here. He got churches started. And he saw a sick person, likely prayed for them, and they stayed sick. Another story of Paul, he had a, a, a protege, someone who that, that he, 
he was teaching and they were learning from and all that. Well, it appears as though his protege was prone to getting sick frequently. Paul, the spiritual mighty leader, I'm going to guess prayed for him. But it appears as though God chose not to heal him. And so uh, Paul gave him some other wisdom. Don't drink only water. Some of you are like, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, it gets even better. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you're sick so often. Can't you just see this dialogue going on? Like you're sick all the time. What I wanted you to see is that there are sometimes, 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 some of us will hear a teaching that, that if you want to be healed, all you need to do is believe that Jesus can heal you. Don't go do any medicine. Don't go to any doctors. Don't do anything for yourself. Don't change how you eat. Do nothing. Just pray. Paul didn't do that. Paul's like, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. Uh, God can heal you. But he's not healing you. You need to have some wine. It's amazing the, the verses we skip over in church because we're like, yeah, I don't want to say that in front of people. People can get drunk now. No, don't get drunk. But I just want you to see the fact that if you think God heals everyone who's a good person, Paul himself. Paul himself had some sort of physical issue that we have no idea actually what it was. All we have is fact is that he begged God to heal him. He begged God to take it from him. And you know what God said? Nope. In fact, God even poured salt on it. It was like, no, my grace is sufficient for you. He's like, well, I want more than grace right now. I want to be healed. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Well, I'm like, I thank you, thank you for the forgiveness. I want my friend healed. So let's walk down this path. When God can heal, but he doesn't heal everyone every time, when God doesn't heal, we get trapped in the pursuit of why. And many of us right now are trapped in this vortex of why, why, why me, why them, why not? And we get, God, God if, you would, if you would just tell me why, then I would be cool with it. No, you would not. I've learned this as a parent. When I asked why, the other day I pick up my son, Titus, he's five. He's got holes in his shirt. He was not taken to school with holes in his shirt. I said, what happened, man? He said, I got beat up at recess. I didn't see any cuts or bruises. So I was like, you got beat up? Oh, yeah, I got beat up. A little bit of me started getting mad. I was like, you show me these other five-year-olds. Dad can take them. <laughs> Where are they at? Then smart guy kind of popped. Oh, wait a minute. He doesn't have any cuts or bruises. It looks like the holes were cut with scissors. <laughs> hey, Titus, did you cut your shirt with scissors? Yes. <laughs> and you know what I asked him? Why? Stupid. 
What's he going to tell me? Well, Father, actually, psychologically, I was... No, he just... It, I, I've learned not to chase down the why all the time because whether they've got a great why, a grand why, or why I can fix, I've learned this, is that when it comes to those kinds of whys, they don't give me what I think I want. Because what I want is this, control. When you and I are grasping for, I want to know why you did this or why you didn't do this, most, if you're, if you're open, you're, you're saying, I want to feel some control here. I'm not saying you shouldn't know your, your why for living life. But when you're looking at reasons from other people, specifically God, and you're leaning in and you're, you're, you're going to God, God, why, why, why? Let me, let me just clarify something. He likely won't tell you why. But even better than that, whatever why he knows will not give you what you think it'll give you. And all of us know that's true. So let's continue to walk down this journey of healing. I think there are some insecurities when you and I talk about healing. You might have them now. You're like, you've been praying about something or you think about, maybe you, maybe you have refused to pray for healing because you're like, well, what if I do it? What if I do it wrong? And sometimes you'll, you, you'll rely on, on someone else, a pastor, to kind of get involved in that because you're like, I, and, and so I thought, if you're not willing to out your own insecurities, I'll out mine. Yeah, here's one. Healing didn't happen because I had sin in my life. Oh, I've felt this before. I've prayed for lots of people that God would heal them. And I've left going, oh man, I... I have not really done a lot of great things today. I wonder if he even heard me. Many of us don't feel good enough. We don't feel, uh, as the Bible would say, righteous enough. That God, the almighty God, would work through us to do a miraculous healing. And many of us think that we are disqualified even from this conversation because we're like, well, I got sin in my life. I've messed up. I've got a past. There's no way that God would use me as a vehicle to heal anybody. It might not be your insecurity. I'm just confessing mine. Let me show you another one. Healing didn't happen because I didn't pray right. Oh, I got to tell you, I have been in prayer times with people who should have written them down, posted them on the internet. They would have won awards for how brilliantly articulated their prayers were. And then I've got me, who basically was on academic probation all the way through every type of schooling I've ever done. All of a sudden, we need Pastor David. I come in the room going, you do not want me to talk out loud. This is not going to be articulate and great and grand. But I'm a pastor, so I'm the one who got called to do it. So I've been in those moments. I've been in hospital rooms and homes and prayed for people going, this is going to be just a bunch of bobbled words here. And left going, I bet I didn't say that right. Maybe you've had the same insecurity. Or you've wondered if you could pray for someone that God would heal them, but you've wondered, what do I say? How do I say this? What are the right words? Does this need to be beautiful and poetic? Like, how, how do I get God to do this? Perhaps those insecurities resonate with you. They're just mine. thought I'd share them openly. 
So what happens if you and I are so open and honest that we would actually go even further into this conversation and say, why do I have so many insecurities about healing? Why does this get so messy for so many of us? Why does this whole even topic get so manipulated and crazy? I got some questions to ask you. We'll go after this. Are you demanding that God prove himself to you? Is this what you're wrestling with when it comes to the miracle of healing? Are you actually uh, (laughs) less concerned that he actually take care of the ailment and more concerned with God just proving himself? Yeah. If you've ever been there, if you prayed that way, you're like, frankly, I just want him to prove himself. You're not alone. It's been happening forever. (laughs) But there's warning. Let me show you something in the Bible. This is helpful. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. <laughs> it just nowadays, it's like, really? But, um, they started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded, don't miss the word demanded. They demanded as though, as though they had some authority over him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Well, here's how he felt about it. When he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit. (laughs) You don't need Pastor David to give you the context. Anyone who has that deep sigh is like, are you kidding me? Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? He knew the answer, by the way. I tell you the truth. I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back in the boat and left them. And he crossed to the other side of the lake. Have you ever had a day when it felt like Jesus got back in his boat and crossed to the other side? Could it be not because he doesn't love you? Oh, oh, he loves you. In fact, I would say he wants you to hop in your own boat and head, head, just follow him. But sometimes we look at God and say, I demand, I demand, I demand. And he's like, mm-mm, no. There's more questions I want to ask as we go through this. Here's another one. Uh, are you demanding God choose your will over his? If you're not sure what to do with this, Pastor David will raise his hand and say, yep. I've done this more, well, more times than I'm going to tell you. Where I've, I've lived through a day, perhaps you have too, where you've been like, hey, so I know there's like a whole, you want everyone to get saved, God, but I got some things. I got I, that's important. I know the Lord's Prayer says, you know, pray that your will be done, not mine, but let's pause that for a little bit. I've got some things. Have you ever been there before? I've been there. Where I'm like, hey, you know, over the course of the year, that's been, you know, 360 days on your will, but can I have like half a week kind of a thing? Almost all of us are guilty of this. We've lived this way. Many of us in the midst of wanting God to do a miracle, we're not wanting God to glorify himself. We're not wanting God to do his will. We're like, I got some things. There's a story in the Bible where this happened. Uh, Jesus is getting arrested. It's about to lead into the whole time of him being uh, put on trial and crucified. And 
when he's arrested, one of his disciples, his most outspoken disciple, pulls a sword out and tries to defend Jesus because he's like, hey, uh, I'm not going to let you get arrested. This is not going down this way. And the way the Bible reads is the disciple like swipes at a soldier, cuts his ear off. Like going after like, hey, um, we're taking control because and I think this time the disciples like, I got a plan here and this is not the plan. And he cuts the dude's ear off. Jesus doesn't say, hey, good job. Jesus grabs the ear, puts it on the guy's head, heals him right then and there. Doesn't that mess with everyone arresting him? I mean, come on. You're like, are we... I think we're doing the wrong thing. (laughs) Watch what Jesus did. Put away your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could, I could, I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. But if I did, How would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Jesus is just, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. And sometimes when we we get to praying for miracles, we're not submitted to God's will being done. Another question. And this is where we got to go after. Are you demanding all the facts without any faith. If, let me help. Have you don't raise your hands. Have you ever said, God, if you would just would do this, then I would do that? I have. Been praying that prayer since I was at least three or four. Do you know that that prayer is what I just stated? That is, God, if you will kind of like reveal the facts and do the facts and kind of like lock that down, then I'll have faith. But faith moves beyond before and after the facts. I think this is what most of us wrestle with. Most of us, our prayers to God, God, would you heal this person? If you do, I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to tell, I am, I am going to be your number one supporter. I am going to be all about you. And he's like, would you do that before I do the miracle? There's multiple places where Jesus actually didn't do a miracle on purpose. Here's one. So he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. For those of you who wonder where the rest of this message is going to go, we're going to stay in this because I think this is where most of us out are at and this is where there is some... I've got to watch my language. There is some really bad teaching. Maybe I'm going to... Let me ask a question on all of our behalf. How much faith is necessary. How much faith is necessary for God to supernaturally intervene and do the miracle? We live in a time frame where there's enough good movies, 
that show us and make us think perhaps it leaks into the rest of life that there's a spell. That there's actually, if I do A, B, and C, then God has to, then God has to, and God does not have to, but God has to then do stuff. So let's talk about this. How much faith is necessary? Do you need to be the most amazing faith-filled person, like the biggest faith ever, like where you're just like, whoa, you're amazing, we're going to go to you. If you're wondering, if you ever ask this question, like how much faith, you're not the first one. <laughs> let, me, let me show you. The apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Do you know why an individual asked that? Because they don't have very much. There, you're welcome. I went to seminary for that stuff. <laughs> Show us how to increase our faith. The only reason you say to Jesus, "Show us how to increase our faith," is because they're saying, "We don't have much right now, and we're not sure what we're supposed to do and how this is supposed to play out, and we're not sure we believe like we're supposed to believe." If you've ever been there, welcome to the disciples' world. Who walked with them? So they ask him, and he answers. The apostle said, the Lord shows how to increase their faith. The Lord answered, all right. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, I thought about bringing a mustard seed to show you, but if I brought one, you wouldn't be able to see it because it's so small. Are we clear? If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, if you aren't like into this, I'm not either, it's a small seed. Now we got that. You could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea. (laughs) And the tree would say, okay. So it appears as though if any of us have bought into this lie, let me correct it. How much faith do you have to have? Some. A little bit. I would argue 1%. So how do you get even a little bit of faith? This is where I've been trying to go the entire sermon. How do you and I not try to trick God into healing someone? How do you and I not play religion? How do you and I actually have some faith? It starts with this. Believe God can. No, no. Some of you just went, you mean he will? Mm -mm. Believe God can. We're talking about an ability issue. Got it? Believe God can. There's a great story. Story of a dad and a son. The son, and I cannot imagine experiencing this, the son appears to be demon-possessed. It was so bad that the demon was trying to physically kill this kid. I'll walk you into the story. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water. I mean, can can you imagine? I can't imagine. It's real, though. Spirit's trying to kill him with fire or drown him. Trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Oh, so much right here. If you can. 
and I love Jesus' example, shows that <clears throat> he's a much better person than any of us. What do you mean, if I can? Most of us would have said more. What do you mean, if I can? I think it was said very kindly. Not sarcastically. Not with some attitude like, what do you mean, if I can? I think it was, what do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Hmm. Let me translate. I do believe you can, but I don't know if you will. Will you help me with that part? I do believe you can. I do believe you have the power. I do believe that you, you have the authority over any kind of illness or cancer or anything. I believe you can, but, but I'm... I'm not sure. I've got this moment. I'm not sure. And if you're going to take that authority, that power, do something. That's what he's saying. And I think then you and I all of a sudden find the Bible telling our own stories going, I've prayed that. God, I know you can, but I'm not sure what you're going to do. If you've ever been in a place where you're like, I know God can, but then, then you had doubts kind of attack that. You're like, I know he can, I know he can, but I'm still wrestling with this unbelief or this doubt. What in the world do we, I do? And, and I'm talking to you about how do we grow our faith? How do we have not fake faith, but real faith? It starts with believing God can, but there will be moments because you are human, I am human, where we were like, but I'm struggling here. How do I not pretend? That's why there's a second step. Believe God can and dwell on who God is. If you dwell on who God is, no one will take that from you. So I got to give you uh, some major openness right now. I remember texting back and forth with Lisa, who I told you about earlier. Lisa, who did not get healed for the second time. She said, hey, uh, I'm in the hospital, and I knew she was in the hospital. And I was like, hey, I'll, I'm going to come visit you. So I, uh, I sat in my calendar. I was like, I'm gonna, here's the time I'm going to go see her and told her I was going to come up. But I'm just going to be, I really wrestled with it. Because I didn't know what, what God was going to do, and I began to wrestle with do I go up there and pretend? Do I go up to the, the hospital room and be like, hey, Lisa, it's all going to be okay. I didn't want to go up and fake it. And I knew she was struggling with whether or not God can, and I was. And so the only thing I knew to do, I, I, the only thing, I was like, what's the tactic here? What do we, how do we go after this? If we're struggling with unbelief, well, then we need to dwell on who God is. And so here's what we did, and it was weird for some people. Got some friends who can sing really good and play instruments. I cannot do any of that. And I said, would you come with me up to a hospital room, and would you sing, and let's play music, and let's dwell on who God is? So we went up. 
she requested one song. You might be familiar with it. I'll show you some of the lyrics. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. And so for I don't know how long it was, we sang, played music in this hospital room. People walked by, some loving it, some not loving it. And I applied something I've been taught a long time ago. I'll just put it in front of you now. Our faith must be rooted in who God is, not what he does. And our faith in that moment was shaky. On the percentage scale, it had gone down a little bit. And we just began to sing and sing and know who God is and declare who God is. If you don't know who God is, I thought I would give you just a little bit of what Scripture teaches about this. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. Perhaps your cancer or your disease has caused you to neglect the reality that God is God. You need to dwell on that. And then perhaps you could land on, okay, if God's God, then he can. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. I believe the reason that many of us have never seen or experienced or heard of firsthand a miracle of God healing someone is because most of us have stopped aggressively going to God. And we've passively been like, eh, maybe. So here's what we're going to do, and this may weird some of you out. I don't care. Here in a moment, not yet. Here in a moment, I'm going to invite anyone who needs God to heal you. Who wants God to heal you. Here in a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand up. And then after you stand up, the people around you, whether they know you or not, are either going to stretch their hands out towards you or they're going to put their hand on your shoulder. And we're going to pray a simple miracle. God, heal me. And I'm going to pray this for you. I don't know how brave you will be, but I believe God can. So we're going to dwell on who God is. So, if you would like prayer to be healed, would you please stand up? And with those around these folks, either stretch your hands out towards them or put your hand on their shoulder. God, we acknowledge right now that no human being on their own power and their own strength and their own authority, their own ability to talk, none of that 
is even close to your power and your authority. God, you know the individual health issues going on. And for all of those who are standing, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal their bodies, that you would remove anything that is causing damage or hurt and pain. God, in the, in the name of Jesus, that you would restore their bodies back to health and that you would glorify yourself accomplishing your will. God, we believe you can do this, and so we ask that you would. In the name of Jesus, God, do a miracle. With those folks still standing up, we talked about it the first weekend, but if you want for God to not physically heal you, but eternally heal you. If you want to be saved, the miracle in essence of God save me and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never had anyone pray for you, I'm going to invite you to stand up and ask and invite God to save you, to forgive your sins and welcome you into his family. Go ahead and stand up. If you're around a person who stood up just now, stretch your arms out towards them as well. This is even a more powerful miracle. And let me pray for you. God, I pray for these folks who have stood up and are asking that you would heal their soul. Lord, would you invade their soul and draw them to you in such a way that they surrender their lives to you, that they accept your forgiveness, and that they spend the rest of their waking lives following you. God, help us to be a church that doesn't walk around and avoid the supernatural power that you hold. Lord, would you continue to do miracles for your glory, not our own. God, help us to be a church that believes in your power. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're able to, would everyone else stand up with these folks? And uh, I'm going to dismiss you just a little bit differently. Some of you may not uh, be ready to leave. You're like, I, I kind of just want to dwell in this place for a little bit, and that's totally cool. So you're invited, if you'd like to, to just... Here in a little bit after I dismiss everyone, you can just sit down. If you, if you want someone to pray for you and you're just like, I didn't stand up and now I want to stand up, and then you can just stay there and afterwards we'll have leaders who will find you and pray for you. But if you're ready to go, let me send you out this way. Church, may you go out living differently this week. That whatever you encounter, whatever intervention you need from God, believe that God can. And so dwell on who God is. Do not let the problems of this world lead you to compromise dwelling on who God is. Take that, go that, and live that way. You're dismissed.